Thanks to all of you for coming out this Sunday afternoon. Everything is inspired by the teachings of His Divine Grace, A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami Prabhupada, the founder of Charya of the International Society for Krishna Consciousness. I'd like to talk to you today about the power of peace we all have, the temptation to live our lives worried about the future, anxious, wondering what's going to happen with our children, our finances, our health. There's always something that's poised, if we let it, to steal our peace. You watch the news, hear about inflation, violence, wars, divisions. A recent article talked about how we're in an epidemic of anxiety. Would you agree with me that never before has there been so much coming against our mental health, creating stress, pressure. Never have people lived with the potential for being so completely overwhelmed. Our message today is that's not the way that God created us to live. Scripture says, cast all your anxieties to the Lord. Our antidote for anxiety is to give it to Krishna or give it to God. You can't go around carrying everything by yourself, trying to figure it out all on your own, stressed about the future, wondering how it's going to all work out. What if my health doesn't improve? What if my company has layoffs? This family did me wrong. I got to fix this. You know what you're doing? You're just weighing yourself down, carrying things that you were never meant to carry. That's why you feel worn out, restless, unable to sleep at night, and tired when you get up in the morning. There's an old Irish poem by an unknown author that goes like this. Why worry? In life, there are only two things to worry about, whether you're well or whether you're sick. If you're well, you have nothing to worry about. And if you're sick, you only have two things to worry about, whether you get better or whether you die. He's Irish. He, he probably knows this, right? If you get better, you have nothing to worry about. And if you die, you only have two things to worry about, whether you go to heaven or whether you go to hell. If you go to heaven, you've got nothing to worry about. And if you go to hell, you'll be too busy shaking hands with your friends and you won't have time to worry. So, The word worry itself comes from an old Anglo-Saxon term meaning to strangle or choke. While we do need to be attentive to life's concerns, worrying over much about them chokes the life, chokes the joy out of our life. Someone said worrying is like trying to drive a car with one foot on the accelerator and the other foot on the brake. What's happening? The wheels are spinning, there's smoke, you're burning up a bunch of rubber, but you're not going anywhere. Dr. Stanley Jones, one of the great Christians of the 20th century, he said, I see that I am inwardly fashioned for faith and not for fear. Fear is not my native land, faith is. I am so made that worry and anxiety are sand in the machinery of life, faith is 
oil. I live better by faith and confidence than by fear and doubt and anxiety. In anxiety and worry, my soul is gasping for breath. These are not my native air. Our message today is do yourself a favor and start casting those anxieties. They're going to come, but if you're going to stay in peace, you have to get good at passing them on, turning them over to God. The word cast, as you see from this image, is an action word. When you're casting a reel, for instance, on the ocean, it's not a complacent, underhand toss. Let me just float it out there and see what happens. No, you forcefully swing your arms and aggressively flick your wrist. There's action, there's energy. That fishing line unravels at a high speed and the lure ends up 50, 75 yards away. In the same way, anxiety is not going to just slough off of you. Worry is not going to go away on its own, take a walk. You can't just sit back and hope that things change. You have to do some casting. When thoughts come, what's going to happen with my child? There's so many distractions these days. They're probably going to get into trouble. Well, you can dwell on those thoughts, let them weigh you down, cause you to live anxious. Or you can say, no thanks. My children are in the Lord's hands. Father, thank you that you're protecting them, causing them to make good decisions. And as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. You know what you just did there? You casted your anxieties on him. Queen Kunti from the Mahabharat, the mother of the five righteous Pandavas, who went through so much trouble. She had lost her husband at an early age. She was a single mother. And she and her infant sons were living in the palace in Hastinapur. Cousin brothers were conspiring to kill them, to burn them, to disenfranchise them, to seal their kingdom. And the helpless Kunti turned to the only refuge that she had, which was Krishna, the Supreme Personality of Godhead, who promises that his devotee will never perish. She says, Krishna, Krishna, Maha Yogi, the greatest of all yogis, Vishwatmana, Vishwabhavana, the soul of the universe and the protector of your devotees, Govinda Prahipapanam, who always lets his devotees come in under the shelter of his outspread wings. Me and my sons are overwhelmed. We are in an ocean of trouble. In a sense, when you think about it, Kunti was fortunate because she had no choice but to cast her anxieties on Krishna. She didn't have an IRA, she didn't have a Daisy May, she didn't live in a big house, she didn't have a husband. She was fortunately placed or positioned in such a way that she could only cast her troubles, her anxieties on Krishna, who is the only one, at the end of the day, who can do anything about it. So our question to you today is, are you casting your anxieties or are you letting them eat you up inside? Well, true. have you seen the news, the economy, inflation, gas prices, the war in Ukraine? What if prices keep going up? What if your business doesn't make it? What if you can't pay your bills? The enemy Maya, whose job it is to keep us anxious and worried and stuck in this material world, would love for you to worry about things, 95% of which are never going to happen. Maya would love for you to miss the beauty of this day 
because you're unnecessarily anxious about tomorrow. Our encouragement is not to fall into that trap. God has not failed you if you think about it in the past. He's not going to fail you moving into the future. Krishna is not in heaven saying, oh, I didn't see that one coming. I didn't know that inflation would be this high. <laughs> Krishna owns it all. He makes streets out of gold. You get stressed out thinking about the future, anticipating the worst, higher cost, higher bills. Here's a suggestion. Why don't you start anticipating the goodness of God? Sharon's writing that down. <laughs> Tenth canto of the Bhagavatam. Drishta shutabhyam bhuta bhava bhavisya shtashnu shinshu shmahada kalpam cha vinachatru vashtu taram nabache saeva sarvam paramatna bhuta. Nothing, nothing can said to be exist apart from Krishna. Nothing seen or heard, drishta shutabhyam. Nothing bhuta bhava bhavisya in the past, the present, and the future. Shtashni Chanishnu, moving or non-moving, Mahatam, Apalkam, great or small, none of that exists apart from Krishna. He is everything, for he is the supreme soul that pervades and supports the entire material and spiritual world. When everything was said and done, Kunti's sons, they were tried to be poisoned, they were tried to be burned by fire, their wife was tried to be dishonored in the public assembly. They were cheated out of their rightful kingdom in a game of dice. And they were sent into forest for 13 years of exile. At the end of all of that, their enemies were completely eradicated. They had no thorns in their side. Not only got back what they lost, but they got back twice as much. At that point, Kunti said, as dark as it was, as calamitous as it was, as difficult as it was, as much as we were tempted to be in anxiety, be put a son to tashashat to ta to tajaga. Let all those calamities come again and again and again, because in comfort we don't see you, Lord, but in calamity we call out for your help. She goes on to say, one who has taken shelter of the lotus root of the Lord, which are accepted as the most suitable boat for crossing the ocean of nescience, can achieve freedom from anxiety as easily as one steps over the small imprints of a calf's hoof in the middle of a field. Such persons, sheltering, trusting in the Lord, are destined to go to the spiritual world. And they have nothing to do with this material world, which is a place in which there is danger at every step. In the Bhagavad Gita, the song of God, Lord Krishna, certifies this material world as a place of miseries, a dangerous place full of calamities. Now, less intelligent persons try to adjust to those calamities without knowing that the very nature of this material world is that it is full of calamity. It is in itself a calamity. They have no information of the abode of the Lord. And I love this phraseology of Prabhupada. They have no information of the abode of the Lord, which is full of bliss and without a trace of calamity. Don't you love that? Without 
a trace of calamity. Continuing on, Kunti says, the duty of the same person, therefore, is to be undisturbed by worldly calamities, which are sure to happen in all circumstances. One should make progress in spiritual realization because that is the mission of human life. As a spirit soul, we really have nothing to do ultimately with material calamities. Therefore, it is said that such calamities are called false. Nice example, you're dreaming, and in your dream, you see a tiger. You're sleeping comfortably in your bed in Spanish fork in your condo because you're seeing a tiger in your dream. Your heart is palpitating, you're perspiring, you're getting tangled all up in your bedclothes. You could possibly have a heart attack. And yet that tiger is essentially false. He's a product of your dream. In the same way, all so-called calamities of life are said to be dreams. Now, if one's lucky enough to get into contact with the Lord and the Lord's eternal abode, where there is no trace of calamity, then one's life is successful and one gets out the other side of stress and anxiety. I heard where the greatest increase in anxiety in the world today is amongst young people. So much pressure, social media, so much comparison. Am I good enough? Am I funny enough? Am I pretty enough? Do I have enough followers? Am I popular? If you fall into this trap, I'll give you a heads up. You're never, ever going to feel good about yourself. You'll always see somebody who's more talented, more beautiful, more successful. There'll never be a let up of the pressure to outperform, outdress, have more friends, more talents, more compliments. A never ending cycle. It's not only going to wear you out, take joy or peace, but you'll miss the great person that you are created to be trying to compete with and keep up with everybody else. Take the pressure off of yourself. That's what's causing anxiety. The urge to keep up. Can I tell you, you don't have to keep up with anybody. You're not competing with them. Run your own race. Be who Krishna or God made you to be. Well, true, I can't do what they can do. Well, they can't do what you can do. You're gifted. You're talented. Well, they're so beautiful. You're so beautiful. You're a masterpiece. You're made in the image of God. Well, they're more popular. Popularity means zilch. It comes and goes in a minute. Kunti's son Arjuna, when he grew up, he was the greatest warrior of his time. And as such, as a pillar of righteousness, protecting the innocent citizenry against the maldoers, he'd been attacked many times, attacked by demons, by demigods, by rakshasas, by Gandharvas. Then he came out victorious in all of the many, many combat situations that he was in. But when he got anxiety attack in the beginning of the Bhagavad Gita, it was a different story altogether. He didn't know how to deal with it. This big, powerful, undefeated. He knew how to deal with arrows and javelins, but he didn't know how to deal with the anxiety attack. He started trembling. He dropped his bow. He started crying. This big, powerful, decathlon warrior. And he, we learned through Arjuna that the most powerful attacks are not necessarily physical, but they're mental. And that's why Maya, 
The enemy works overtime in the mind, trying to build up anxiety, fear, worry, telling you, whispering to you, it's not going to work out. Who do you think you are? You'll always be alone. Well, what are you going to do now, smart aleck? Arjuna was there, overwhelmed, shaking, believing those lies that nothing would improve. And that could have been the end of Arjuna's story. That could have been the first and last time we ever heard about him. The anxiety won and he faded off into the sunset. But Arjuna did something that we all should do. When anxiety attacked, instead of just sitting there and dwelling on it, he turned it over to Krishna. He called on the help of Krishna to rescue him. Now Krishna, I'm confused about my duty. I've lost my composure because of weakness. In this condition, I'm asking you to tell me clearly what is best for me. I am your disciple and a soul surrender unto you. Please instruct me. When anxiety attacks, we often call our friends, call our neighbors. Call our parents, and that's all fine, but you need to make sure you call on the name of the Lord. Call on the God who created you. Call on the God who has a way where you don't see a way. Call on the God who's more powerful than any force trying to stop you. Krishna directed your steps here today to tell you, call on him in the day of trouble. And he promises that he will strengthen you and that he will deliver you. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna. Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare. Hare Rama, Hare Rama. Rama Rama, Hare Hare. Don't be complacent. Don't just accept it. Man, my anxiety is acting up today. My depression is really bad. Here's a tip. Don't take ownership of it. It doesn't belong to you. The moment you say, my depression, my anxiety, you're giving it permission to stay. It's like you're inviting it into your life. I suggest that instead of inviting it, you start casting it. See, that anxiety is foreign, not welcome as temporary. Arjuna went through this time of terrible trouble, and after the Lord delivered him, he passes on to us what he learned. He says, cast your burdens on the Lord, release the weight of them, and he will sustain you. I went through this terrible anxiety. I thought my life was over, but I turned it over, Krishna. Now I'm out the other side. Not only have the troubles been solved, but I'm twice as better off as I was before. Next time, I'm going to immediately, reflexively cast my anxieties in the door. I'm going to release to him the weight of my worth. That's the message to us. Quit carrying what you're not supposed to carry. Trust it, Krishna. Turn it over to him. What father doesn't love it when the little child turns over his troubles to the father? The troubles seem overwhelming to the child are nothing. They're nothing to the father. Quit carrying things we're not supposed to carry. Trust him, even when we don't understand. Trust his promise that he will sustain you, that he will bring you safely on through. But when you persist, what's going to happen to my child? The politics at work have got me all stressed out. 
I had COVID and I'm not getting better. Well, if Arjuna were here today, he would tell you, do what I did. Release the weight of it. Cast that burden on the Lord. As long as you're holding on to it, it's going to hold you down. You're holding on to what's holding you back. Don't get into the when-then syndrome. What is that? When Krishna brings me out of this difficulty, when Krishna turns my finances around, when Krishna restores my marriage, then I'll cast my worries onto him. We're waiting for Krishna to do something while all the while Krishna's waiting for us to do something. He's waiting for us to release the anxiety to exercise our faith in that way. Just a quick story here as a nice analogy. During World War I, after the armistice of 1918, a destroyer carried the British Prime Minister Lord George from France to England. The weather during that crossing was frightful. And when they reached Dover, the conditions were so bad that even in the harbor, they couldn't get alongside the docks. So they sent a small launch to carry the Prime Minister to store. The only problem is how to get him off of the destroyer into this launch. The destroyer was rolling back and forth dramatically, and there was danger of having him fall into the sea. What they did, they picked five of their best men, they put them on the launch. The prime minister was led to the gangplank, and the officer in charge told him that at the word go, immediately, not five seconds later, not 10 seconds later, but as soon as he would say go, the prime minister would just step right out into space in the middle of the storm. <laughs> so the ship rolled, and then the next swell put the upper edge of the destroyer about 20 feet above the launch. The officer shouted to the prime minister, go, and the prime minister, his credit, immediately stepped forward, let go, and dropped out of sight. But he fell directly into the small launch, and he was caught as neatly as anything by these five guys, just like catching a baseball at a center fielder's glove. Now he was safe because he did one thing, he released it, he trusted, and he acted at the moment that he was supposed to act. So we need to take this analogy at heart, learn how to release our troubles to the Lord, to show Krishna that when he says go, we trust him to catch us. Krishna. I thank you that there is nowhere you're not present. You see everything. You hear everything. You're in the heart of the atom. You're in my heart. You're in the heart of my enemy. You know what my enemy is going to do before he even knows what he's going to do. You, my Lord, are bigger than this problem. You're bigger than these waves. You're bigger than the storm. You're bigger than these troubling circumstances. What are we saying? You can be in peace, knowing that Krishna's got your back, knowing that Krishna's working out his plan for your life. It is said that the peace of God passeth all understanding. That's the peace of God. It's not normal peace. It's not just freedom from noise. It's not anything you can explain. It's the peace in the midst of the storm. It's the peace while you're taking that chemotherapy, the peace in the middle of that breakup, it's peace when you lost 
a loved one. It's peace when that person did you wrong. People will look at you and say, what's wrong with you? Shouldn't you be depressed? Shouldn't you be worried, anxious? How can you be so happy, so grateful? You just tell them, the peace I have didn't come from this world. It's not ordinary. It's the peace from my heavenly father. It's the peace that passeth all understanding. It's the peace that comes from casting, casting the care, casting the anxiety, casting the worry. Because Krishna has you in the palm of his hand. He didn't bring you this far to leave you. He's done it in the past and he's going to do it this time. You see, defeating anxiety requires trust. You may not know all the answers. You don't see how it can work out. Krishna has it all figured out. His ways are not our ways. We think natural, but he's supernatural. He's already planned out our days for good. May not be right right now because there are pieces that you don't see. There are pieces still missing, but when Krishna brings it all together, it's going to be better than you could have ever imagined. What you need to do right now is let go and trust him, even when you don't understand. Finishing up here is another thought. Krishna has already put an end to what you're worried about in the future. So that you don't have to live now, afraid, anxious, worried about the future. Krishna wants you to know that he's already taken care of the future. He holds the past, present, and future in his hand, just like you hold a fruit. Those enemies who have come against you, he's already targeted them for destruction. He's already burned them to ashes by his glance. Their days are numbered. Whoever was trying to harm the pure devotees of the Lord is already defeated by the Lord's arrangement. In the Bhagavad Gita, 11th chapter, Krishna tells Arjuna, before the battle started, they are already put to death by my arrangement. You, O Arjuna, can be but an instrument in the fight. Considering all this, why don't you roll up your anxiety, roll up your stress into a ball and cast it out as far away as you can. Your past is forgiven. Your enemies have already been taken care of. Live this day in victory, free, happy, moving forward in faith. Here's the key. When you rest, when you're in peace, Krishna goes to work. You're in a place of power. When you cast those cares, not only do you get peace, but you can sleep right in the middle of the storm. The creator of the universe goes to work. Supernatural things happen. So our question tonight is, are you carrying things that you should be casting? Are you reeling under weights that you should be releasing? Are you holding on to things that are holding you back? You can walk out of here this evening feeling freer, lighter, more joyful, don't wait for things to change. Don't wait till Krishna turns things around to start worrying. True when my health turns around, when my child straightens up, when this situation at work resolves, then I'll be able to sleep. No, don't wait to start 
casting those cares because you can have the peace that passes all understanding while you're waiting for things to improve. So what are we saying? The outside circumstances don't determine your peace. It's what's happening on the inside. When you're always thinking of the Lord, saying his names, either loudly or under your breath, when you're constantly connected to your creator, admitting your dependence on God, thanking him that he's working, then you're always going to be in a state of divine peace, no matter what the circumstances are. And when difficulties come, you'll be able to say, like the great men and women of faith, I'm not just in trouble, I'm in peace. I'm not just in the hospital, I'm in peace. I'm not just in debt, I'm in peace. I'm not just going through the loss of a loved one, I'm in peace. I know that whatever my present circumstances are, my story ends in victory. Why? Because Krishna has the final say. And that's when you'll experience the peace that passes understanding. Peace. When you can sleep in the middle of the storm. Peace. When the battle is raging around you. Peace. When the medical report is not good. When you're in peace, you're showing Krishna that you can trust him. It's your faith at work. It's what activates his power. When you're in peace, you'll see him show up and show out in your life. Supernatural doors open, supernatural healing, supernatural provision. My prayer for you all this afternoon is what Kunti declared, what her son Arjuna declared, that you will be anxious for nothing. That you will learn the art of casting those cares, releasing the weight of them, entering into the embrace of his love. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Ram, Hare Ram, Ram Ram, Hare Hare. I'd like to encourage you, your time is coming. That anxiety is not how your story ends. You may come out of the trouble quickly, or Krishna may take some time, but know this, you are coming out. That trouble did not come to stay, it came to pass. I believe right now that spirit of anxiety in you is being broken. Tonight I'm speaking peace over you. I'm speaking healing. I'm speaking a calm and undisturbed spirit. Why? Because the tide is changing in the favor of those who keep in first place. For those who keep in first place, Krishna is working right now in ways that you can't even begin to imagine. His plans for you are for good and not for harm. Krishna is strengthening you, bringing you up higher. You're coming into new levels of peace, joy, and freedom in this life and the next life. You're going to go back to home, back to God. If any of that sounds good to you, raise your hands and say along with me, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare. Hari Rama, Hari Rama, Rama Rama, Hari Hari.